0: You are locked on Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings.
1: Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.
0: Happy Monday, everybody, if there is such a thing, but Mondays are always a little bit easier when we have Sacramento Kings basketball at the end of it to look forward to. After a one-and-one weekend, Friday and Saturday night action inside the Golden One Center, the Kings defeating the Minnesota Timberwolves Friday and then falling to the Los Angeles Lakers on Saturday. This is the Locked on Kings podcast where we're going to recap both these games. We're going to play highlights for you. You can also expect interviews, in-depth information and conversations. All of it right here for you on your number one podcast hub for these Sacramento Kings. 30 minutes every single weekday, short, to the point, quick, but informative by us local experts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George, by the way. I have the privilege of being your host from Sports 1140 KHDK, which is the flagship radio station of the Kings in Sacramento. I have the privilege of covering this team, and I've covered this team well over the last four years. So, I have some condensed highlights of both of these games for you before we dive into full breakdowns, and we will start with... With the Kings win over the Minnesota Timberwolves, 121-110 to inside the Golden 1 Center. Here's the G-Man.
1: Jimmy Butler hesitates, now digs into the lane, spins, ball knocked away by Bagley, comes right back, however, to uh, Butler. Step back on the way, is off the heel of the rim, no good. Grabbed by Gibson, he puts it up, stop, Challenged by Bagley, no good. Grabbed by Towns, and Towns scores on the third attempt for Minnesota. Eight points early for Carl Anthony Towns, 17-5 to in favor of the visitors. Fox at the left elbow runs into a double-team. Big wraparound pass, and Marvin Bagley with a two-hand flush. That was a terrific set-up pass on the left-hand wraparound from De'Aaron Fox for the assist. Justin Jackson to put it in play. Somebody's got to pop and take it. They get it into Costa Coupas. Looking for somebody, can't find anybody, so he flips it and scores it to beat the buzzer. How about the clutch play from Costa Coupas? That was a 17-foot flipper. It's 31-29. Minnesota leads by two after their first 12 minutes of play. Kings with three on two numbers. Transition three, Farrell. He's got the bucket. Game is tied for a second time at 36. Rebounded by Towns. That's his tenth, Then the ball is poked onto his hands. Maybe he'll by Heald. He leaves it for Fox. Transition three, De'Aaron Fox. He! scutt the triple sacramento with an eight point advantage early in the second half at 73 65 and tom thibodeau wants timeout frank mason now working against jones Rolls from left wing back door cut buddy here with the two-hand stuff oh look at jaeger he he almost peacock and it's strutting back down the bench he says yeah that's what that's what you want to do coming out of a timeout i love that little swagger there from the coach here's mason stops pivots feeds it out to buddy heel backs it up to the logo now creeps forward left turns right launches off the dribble and scores the three-pointer his first one of the evening here's heel going for another one buddy buckets two for two and it couldn't have come at a better time for sacramento 108 94. Troy Williams with the inbounds to Fox. Fox wiggles around a screen from Costa. Off the bounce, pulls up, 20-footer, too strong. Back tap by Costa, chased down by the ever-hustling Troy Williams. To Bialica for a 30-foot three, and he hits the triple. Oh, my. There's your Petkus Brothers moment of the game. Costa now goes to the rack. Ball goes to Buddy Heel. three in the clock. Drops it off to Costa. Baseline power rip, Costa Kufus. Man, that was well done. That ends the 12-0 Minnesota run. Kings with a four-point lead. Hesitates, now drives, knocked out of his hands, another steal, this time on Shumpert, grabbed by Bielitsa, long lead pass, heel wide open, corner three, he's got the triple! Kings fans on their feet, arms extended over their heads, collectively celebrating the third three-pointer late in this game by Buddy Buckets. Two minutes to go. Timeout taken by Minnesota. 115-106, and after the two missed free throws denied Minnesota a chance to tie the score, the Kings, with a dramatic 7-0 push, after they'd given up 12 in a row. Inbounds to Shumpert. Weaves his way against one defender. Throws it ahead to Fox. Drives, kicks. Paulie Stein, Ball game. Willie Qualley-Stein with a throwdown. Box gets his 10th assist for the double-double.
0: It's 119-110. Your Sacramento Kings beat the Minnesota Timberwolves so bad, they traded Jimmy Butler the following day. Yes, that blockbuster trade that happened this weekend. Jimmy Butler is now with the Philadelphia 76ers, and that might have future implications of moves that potentially the Kings could make uh, with the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves should things not improve or should they look to go in different directions. We can talk about that on a different podcast later this week, but let's recap this Kings and Minnesota Timberwolves game. Got off to a bit of a slow start. The Kings trailed by 11 points early on in that first quarter, but were able to work their way back into the game, trailing by just two at the end of the first quarter. Then they outscored Minnesota 30. To 30 in the second and 29 to 20 in the third to create enough separation to hold on for the win. The Timberwolves did make a run late. We'll get to that though in just a little bit. How about the play though of Carl Anthony Towns in this game? He put up 29 points in the first half alone, and it was looking like the Kings had zero answer for him. But turns out their halftime adjustments across the board by this Kings team were fantastic. And Dave Yeager uh, and his coaching staff deserve a whole heck of a lot of credit because the Kings in the second half really were in full control. Carl Anthony Towns held to just 10 points in the second half after 29 in the first. He went 15 of 27 from the field, two of five from three-point range. Also pulled down nine rebounds. Did turn the ball over four times though and one of the adjustments that the Kings made was putting Costa Kufos on him in the second half and Costa did a phenomenal job. Also you heard in that highlight package he had a buzzer beater hook shot flip from 20 feet out. It was like a top of the key hook shot flip and it was nothing but net. That is the go-to shot uh, for one Costa Kufos and he makes it look so so easy. So he had a great second half against Carl Anthony Townsend and typical to a Tom Thibodeau fashion uh, these Timberwolves played their starters the majority of minutes, and the Kings took advantage. They really run uh, ran the Timberwolves out of the building. Carl Anthony Towns was exhausted in the third quarter, even after the halftime break. Sat for a majority of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth before coming back in. The Minnesota Timberwolves did make a bit of a run late. Uh they were trailing uh, by 14 points. They went on a 12-0 run, cut it down to two, had a chance to uh, tie the game at the free throw line, were not able to do so as Jimmy Butler uh, missed both free throws from the line. And then the Kings come back with a 7-0 run of their own and put the game to bed, capped off by that buddy-heeled corner three that you heard there. Nemanja Bialyta, this was a bit of a revenge game for him. uh, And he got off to a slow start, seemed a little bit frustrated, was not shooting the ball too well. And then he had those two deep, deep, deep three pointers back to back to get himself going. He scored at one point uh, eight straight unanswered points uh, for the Kings, and he was the one that helped the Kings create some separation in that second half. He finished with 14 points on the night. Willie Cauley-Stein, even though was getting schooled by Carl Anthony Towns on the defensive end, had a good game offensively, 25 points uh, and five rebounds on 11 of 16 shooting. De'Aaron Fox had the most impressive stat line of the night, though, for your Kings. 16 points, 10 assists, 0 Turnovers in 33 minutes for the young 20-year-old point guard. Fox looked fantastic. Did everything you wanted him to do. Also took a three-pointer and knocked that down. One of one uh, from three-point range. Got to the line 12 times. Knocked down nine of them, which has been a struggle for him so far in this young season. So that was a good improvement. Iman uh, Schumpert had a great game as well. Although I don't like Iman Shumpert's shot selection. I'll be completely honest. I thought Iman Shumpert so far this season has been playing above ec- expectations. Especially on the offensive end. However, Iman Shumpert, and I, I appreciate the attack mentality that he has, uh, but a lot of times if the ball is going in Iman Shumpert's hands, he's looking to shoot it. And I'm not entirely sure that I'm 100% confident or okay with that. However, he did turn in a good performance, uh, 17 points. Had a great game defensively against Jimmy Butler. Butler managed only 13 points in this game, and he was in single digits for the majority of the game. Did get some points late during that uh, that T-Wolves run. Uh, but Jimmy Butler was was pretty well handled by the defense of Iman Shumpert, who again finished with 17 points including Four of 11 from three-point range. Shump was not afraid to put it up. Buddy Hill got off to a slow start but did have that corner three towards the end. He finished with 15 points, so another good performance from him and a lot of balance uh, from the Kings off of the bench as well. Eight from Yogi Ferrell, eight from Troy Williams, six from Marvin Bagley, uh, six from Kufo, six from Mason. So everybody really got involved, but it was the starters that ended up getting the job done and some heroics from both Nemanja Bielitsa and Buddy Heal. So the Kings have to feel pretty good winning that game, shooting 45%, uh, 37% from three-point range. They took 32 three-pointers, made 12 of them. 32 threes in a game is fantastic for me. I love every bit of that. Uh, the one concern that I had going into this game is the Minnesota Timberwolves are not a good rebounding team, but they out-rebounded the Kings 62-57, to and it was a lot worse early on. The Kings did, like I said, uh, make some really good uh, second-half adjustments during the halftime break. But early on, the two worlds were getting way too many second-chance opportunities, and that's been one of the more frustrating parts. Actually, I would go as far as to say that's been the most frustrating part about this Kings team. We know they weren't going to uh, uh, be a good defensive team, and when they are able to get defensive stops and then give up second and third chances. It's just brutal. It's heartbreaking. It's frustrating to see uh, from a perspective, or from a fan's perspective, or a media perspective. So I can only imagine how frustrating it is for Dave Yeager and the players themselves on the floor when they fight hard through a 24-second shot clock, force a bad shot, and then can't control the rebound. So I'm looking for everybody to be more involved in that sense. So the Kings were feeling good on Friday night. Game one of a back-to-back. They get the win over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Improved to seven And 5 on the season. Hand the Minnesota Timberwolves their eighth loss on the road that season. They were 0-8 to start the season on the road, which is a worst in franchise history away from their own building. And like I said, they ended up the next morning pulling the trigger, making a trade, sending Jimmy Butler to the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll talk about that trade more another day, about the details of that trade and how it helps and affects both teams and how the Kings maybe could cash in on the the fallout from this move, but that's a conversation for another time. The Kings then, the very next night, took their home floor once again. Game three of this tough four-game homestand against LeBron James' Los Angeles Lakers, as expected. There were many, many, many Laker fans in the building. It was a fun atmosphere. The Kings put their statement court out with the all-black court. It was pretty awesome. And uh, this is what happened. This is what took place. Enjoy these highlights from the G-man, Gary Gerald.
1: Aaron Fox now across the midcourt line and the logo moving toward the left wing. Shakes, drives with the left, beats the defender, draws the foul, scores the basket. Now LeBron comes forward stands on the line steps back he's going to launch about a 28 footer and he hits nothing but net LeBron James knocking down the triple he's 19 for 62 from downtown this season he has seven first quarter points Lakers lead by seven at 17 to 10. Here's a midcourt steal Kyle Kuzma hammered off the bounce took it all the way to the rack and the Lakers have their biggest lead of the ball game. Kings with a bad decision on that pass. Hagley with a big, deep breath, flexes the knees. Here's the lefty's flip. This one's too strong. Off the heel of the rim, grabbed by Costa Cufus. Back out the heel for three. Buddy Buckets knocks down the triple. First one the Kings have made tonight, and boy, did they need that. Back to a two-possession game for the moment at 22-16. to Heel now has seven points. Here's a step back by Fox. He's got another one. De'Aaron Fox makes it a 13-0 run, and suddenly it's a three-point ball game, 38-35. Here's Fox launching for three more, scoring three more, banging the three fingers on the top of his head. He has 17 points, 11 in this quarter. It's 47-44. It's only the fourth three-pointer the Kings have made, but De'Aaron Fox has made all three that he's attempted seven on the possession against Bielica. Steps his left, launches for three and scores his third triple of the ball game. That's the closest he's been to the three-point line when he's made one tonight. He hit a 30-footer and another one that had to be about 28 feet. He's got a 20-point ball game and the Lakers have opened up an eight-point lead after the Kings had cut it to one. Costa with a full pivot, feeds a bounce pass to Belly, hooks it over his shoulder blindly to Costa and it's broken up by Kyle Kuzma. Turnover Kings. Kuzma on the run out. Hammers it. Right hand. Rajan Rondo goes into the low post to Ingram, spins for the fall away, off the iron, no good. Coasted with a rebound and a quick outlet to Frank Mason. Two for one opportunity, Elliott set up, oh what a finish! Troy Williams yes. elevating from the baseline and threw down a pass from midcourt from Frank Mason. That was superb! Fox comes back, loses it, steal, Rondo. Rondo races up the floor, three on two, layup, Lakers... You might as well dim the lights. This one's all but over. That's the first time we've said that in a long time. The young Kings are getting stung big time. The Lakers have their biggest lead of the ball game right now at 85 to 68.
0: (sighs) Yep. Yep. Kings lose to the Los Angeles Lakers in Sacramento. That's never fun or easy for anybody who has ties to this Kings organization uh, for them to say. But the Lakers got the best of the Kings, who just looked tired. Although I want to talk about the uh, the fatigue na- uh, narrative uh, in this game because I don't think it was really the deciding factor. The Kings managed only 86 points. Los Angeles Lakers end up winning the game 101. Uh, 286, and I know because of the fact that uh, it was the Los Angeles Lakers, this caused a lot more of a doom and gloom overreaction from fans uh, than is necessary. Just because it's a loss to the Lakers doesn't mean it counts any different uh, from the other 81 games of the season, and I said as much after the game, but it did sting, and it was a frustrating night because the shots that normally are falling weren't falling. Now, you can attribute uh, tired legs to to that, but I also attribute shot selection, Laker defense, which was uh, really uh, good. I mean, I I was very impressed uh, by that Lakers defense, and since this— Tyson Chandler trade. They just beat the Houston Rockets as well. Since uh, since the Tyson Chandler trade, the Lakers haven't lost. And I like that addition to the Lakers, that veteran presence, that spark. It certainly helped on the defensive end. And and he and the rest of the Lakers did a great job defensively against the Kings here on Saturday night. Uh, But it wasn't just the fatigue, which was the reason why the Kings lost. It was turnovers. The Kings turned the ball over way too many times. They're normally fantastic at taking care of Of the basketball, that was not the case in this game. Unfortunately, the Kings uh, had one of their worst games of the season taking care of the basketball, turned the ball over 19 times, had only, uh, if I remember correctly, they only had 9 assists through the uh, majority of the game, ended up finishing with just 11. So a turnover ratio of 11 assists to 19 turnovers is brutal. The Kings did have 25 fast break points and used the fast break to make some noise at different stretches. And really, this final score is not a, a perfect indicator of how close this game was. The Kings were within 6, eight, ten points uh, for the majority of this game. It was just late in the fourth quarter, actually early on in the fourth quarter, uh, that the Lakers really started to, uh, to pull away, and the Kings just didn't really have much of an answer uh, for LeBron's Lakers. LeBron didn't have a phenomenal game, 25 points on 10 of 18 shooting, 2 of 3. Uh, from the free throw line. But yes, 25 points for those who are tracking my Blind Optimist Challenge number two. That's more than 20. So I lost the Blind Optimist Challenge. Actually appeared today on The Drive, the morning show on Sports 1140K HDK. And I spun the Wheel of Punishment and it landed on Twitter Takeover, which what does that mean? That means that Carmichael Dave and Kyle Madsen get to take over my Twitter at some point in the very near future. They're probably going to do it during this road trip, probably during the Memphis game. So if you see me tweeting out weird stuff coming up here, It's not me. It's them, but you'll see. It should be fun. The, those guys will have fun with it, and uh, they deserve it. They won the bet. I lost. Uh, I had a chance to win that bet. LeBron James had just 20 points, and the Lakers started to pull away, and Luke Walton, being the jerk that he is, subbed LeBron back into the game to add insult to injury. But De'Aaron Fox finished uh, with 21 points. He really was the only guy offensively that could get anything going. He single-handedly led the Kings back into the game late in the second half with a plethora of three-pointers, started the game three of three uh, from three-point range and was hitting a lot of different difficult threes. He was looking good, was shooting with confidence, ended up three of six. So he didn't have a a three for the remainder of the game. Uh, But he was really the only one that got anything going. He was one of four players to finish in double figures scoring for the Kings. He had 21. Willie Cauley-Stein had 12 points and 12 rebounds, but did pick up five fouls really, really quickly. So he was only able to play 26 minutes. Nemanja Bielica, another bad performance for him. Two points, seven rebounds. Kyle Kuzma absolutely embarrassed him on both ends of the floor. Kuzma's defense looked fantastic against Bialyza, who couldn't get any space to shoot in the perimeter. And every time he tried to put the ball on the floor, Kuzma was not letting him pass. Marvin Bagley had 13 points and three rebounds, but five of 12 shooting was an ugly game, and there's a lot of overreaction about Marvin Bagley not playing well in this one. Buddy Heald, uh finished with 12 points. He had another really—actually, probably the worst night— of his career shooting 3 of 17 from the field, 1 of 6 from three-point range, got off to a slow start shooting the basketball was getting good looks, they just weren't dropping. So he's in a little bit of a mini slump right now and hopefully he'll be able to work out of it tonight against the San Antonio Spurs. But the Lakers were the better team in this game and again, the final score is not a perfect indicator of of how close this game was, but it is a good indicator of who the better team was. The Lakers really, from start to finish, looked like the better team. And the Kings, yes, they were coming off of the uh, the second night of a back-to-back, which by the way, heading into this game, they were 2-0 and on second nights of back-to-backs. Uh, but yes, this team did look tired at times, but I do not believe, I do not believe that it was fatigue alone that caused the Kings to lose this game. It was sloppy passing. Uh, it was a uh, way too much uh, mid-range shooting a lot of isolation basketball on the offensive end, and they quite frankly didn't try uh, and push the ball and push the tempo as much as they normally do, which is where fatigue uh, comes into play. Dave Yeager said after the game that the team was not just physically fatigued, they were especially mentally fatigued with the amount of games that they've been playing, and now they have the San Antonio Spurs here tonight. They did have a rest day yesterday, no practice. Harry Giles did, though, uh, get uh, some time with G League Stockton and put up 30 points uh, for the Stockton Kings last night, a little confidence booster uh, for him. So maybe he'll work his way back into the rotation tonight against San Antonio. We'll have to wait and see, but it was good to see Giles get going, 30 points again uh, in his Stockton Kings debut. He's back with the Kings team. It was meant just to be a one-quick game thing, to get him back with the main roster and he handled it like a champ and did exactly what you expect him to do in the G League. That's put up big numbers and look like he is better than everybody on the floor and he certainly did that, so it was unfortunate. It stung that the Lakers got the 101 to 86 win. They take round one of four uh, throughout this season. So the Kings will have another chance, or two chances in Staples Center, and one more chance at home uh, to to stick it to all those Lakers fans that were in attendance. Speaking of which, LeBron James commented after the game. Uh, someone asked him if if the Golden One Center was turning into Staples North. And LeBron basically said that uh, he was excited to see Laker Nation out there and that they showed up well. And I tweeted out that Kings fans should be offended by this or uh, by that. And uh, I got a lot of mixed responses. And I, I want to clarify here. I'm not judging anybody who decided uh, to not drop money on uh, on this game. We know how much tickets increase when the Lakers come to town and when the Warriors come to town. They're the hottest tickets. Those are the four hottest games every single year. So I'm not judging anybody who decided to save their money and not spend three times a normal ticket price just to go see the Kings uh, take on the Los Angeles Lakers. Nor am I judging any Kings season ticket holders uh, who sold their tickets to Laker fans uh, for an inflated price. I mean, it, it makes sense. It's it's a smart business decision. If it helps pay for the remainder of the season, and you're still getting uh, a bunch of other games. Uh, so it, it, again, it makes sense. I'm not judging anybody by any means uh, for not showing up. However, it does stink and it stings a little bit to hear uh, that the Lakers travel well, particularly in Sacramento. Fans have always shown up. Lakers fans have always shown up. And, and I've said it myself uh, that I believe it adds to the atmosphere and I actually enjoy it. But hopefully we can see more Kings fans than Lakers fans and that trend start to go down a little bit. Uh, in the coming years and certainly in the next matchup between these two teams uh, later on this season. Hopefully we'll see a lot of great Kings fans out there tonight as well as the Kings take on the San Antonio Spurs. And out of this four-game homestand, I was looking at this Spurs game as the one I felt most confident out of the four that the Kings were going to lose. San Antonio is a great team. I love what, they're, uh, what they've are what they done with the addition of DeMar DeRozan. They're dealing with some injuries, but they can hurt you on both ends of the floor, and the Spurs just always seem to have the Kings number um, but it is still a winnable game. I'm not. I'm not completely diminishing or dismissing the fact that the Kings could uh, bounce back and win this game. They certainly would like to uh, to end up two and two on this four game uh, ro- uh, home stand before heading out for another couple of tough games on the road against Memphis and Houston. Uh, a very winnable game for the Kings here tonight. If you are listening on Sports 1140 khdk while you're heading out to the game, or you want something uh, to do before the game starts, I will be uh, hosting uh, Game Night with Henry Turner, the High Flyer. Henry Turner for, on Sports 1140 KHDK from 530 to 630 tonight before the game starts. Uh, so you can listen to that while you're on your way in. It's at the top of, uh, we do the show live at the on the concourse at the top of Section 110 by the Tower Records sign. Uh, so you can certainly come by and say hi as well. I've gotten the chance to meet at least one of you at every single game that I've been to, and I'm very humbled and excited and thankful for that. So if you want to come and say hi, uh, just shoot me a message on Twitter. At Matt George K H T K, or you can email me mgeorge@sacklocalmedia.com. I will do everything in my power uh, to come and to meet you. I have just about put together the uh, guest list uh, for the fans-only podcast, which is coming up very, very soon. Uh, so you can definitely look forward to that. It's hard to believe Thanksgiving is a week uh, from this Thursday. So we're going to do fun, some fun, uh, or have some fun with that a little bit. Some uh, Thanksgiving-themed uh, content that we'll bring here to the Locked on Kings podcast. But tonight is Kings versus San Antonio Spurs. Hopefully the Kings can find a way to bounce back and get the victory and go 2-2 two and two on this homestand. Although if they drop to 1-4, and four, it's not the end of the world. They will be then at 500, 7-7 seven seven if they lose tonight, which is still a great start through 14 games. But this 10-game stretch that they're in only gets more and more difficult, and then you run the risk of falling under 500 and, and digging yourself a hole that might be tough to crawl out of. Although the December schedule uh, looks a lot nicer uh, than this month of November. Still a lot of basketball to be played. Looking forward to a good game tonight. Hopefully you can make it out to the Golden 1 Center or catch the game wherever you are. And then tune in for tomorrow's episode. Of the Locked On Kings podcast, we'll keep, uh, our recap Excuse me, this entire Kings and uh, Spurs game. I'm also working on some guests for you uh, this week, uh, so we should be having a lot of fun for you for the remainder of the week here on the Locked On Podcast Network. So be sure to keep it right here all week long. I will talk to you tomorrow. My name is Matt George. Thank you for listening to the Locked On Kings podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: You are Locked On Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast.